We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rippy writes with Brian Scott Rippy. Transcripts can be obtained by drinking a fifth of bourbon, ramming your head through some drywall, and then writing down every thought you have. Rippy writes with Brian Scott Rippy. Transcripts can be obtained by drinking a fifth of bourbon, ramming your head through some drywall, and then writing down every thought you have. What's up? Happy Friday. I am Brian Scott Rippy. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Rippy Writes podcast. Today is Mailbag Friday. The people's holiday has made its triumphant return as it does every Friday. Hope, uh, hope everyone is celebrating accordingly. Little solo edition today. I'll rip through your mailbag questions and uh, we'll just kind of see where it goes. But before we get to that, I want to remind you the podcast brought to you by Skybox Sports Picks. Who is Skybox Sports Picks? Well, Glad you asked. They're the world's best gambling handicapping website, the inventors of the Skybox Matrix Interval, an advanced modeling mechanism that has helped propel Skybox to the top of the sports handicapping industry. You all know the deal. You need to check this guy, these guys out. They're absolutely legit. Skybox is currently has a deal running. So we uh, we have a new special for the people. NASCAR ramping back up. Anybody that signs up for the NASCAR package in the month of August gets 30% off with the promo code NASCAR. And you can type in the promo code Rippy and get 20% off. But as football season comes upon us, you need to go check out their picks packages they have sports centric packages seasonal packages month long week long you can do a daily pass if you want to any sort of picks package that fits your price range i promise you they're going to have it you could do a year all sports you need to go check these guys out as we get toward football season you don't want to be paying the man you want to beat the man and skybox is the only way to guarantee that that's going to happen they will make sure that the bookie is paying you and you are not paying the bookie which is a pretty sweet deal check them out skyboxsportspicks.com Podcast also brought to you by LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Speaking of football season, I know you people are finding loopholes to get grills into the Grove, put some food on uh, on your tailgate table, and you need to go check out LB's University Avenue across from Kroger to do that. Sausages, Lane Train Special, Keith Carter Special, all kinds of good stuff going on there. If you're a subscriber to the Rippy Rights newsletter, you get a 16-ounce prime strip for 15 bucks and a $5 pack of sausage just for being a subscriber, rippyrights.substack.com. Uh, you, you get a newsletter from yours truly and then discounted meats. I'll let you decide which one is more valuable. Uh, still up for debate, up in the air on that one. So check them out, LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Thrilled to have Greg sponsor the podcast of one of my good friends and an absolute day one supporter of the Rippy Rides podcast. Where should we start today? Here we go from Kenneth Collins. Who would be removed if Mississippi, Alabama, and Tennessee could only have one team in the SEC? Consider, considering the athletic department as a whole, well, 
I mean, if you want the real answer, the fact that everything's driven by money, Tennessee is an easy one. Vanderbilt is absolutely out of there. Ole Miss, I'm pretty sure, operates on a slightly higher budget than State, so I would think that would keep Ole Miss, and you would have to boot State. Maybe they combine to one school, which they probably should have been from the start. So I don't know. That's probably going to make State fans mad at me. Who cares? And then I guess Alabama. I don't really know a good answer to that one, but I would assume Alabama, flagship university, probably taking precedent over the Ag School in Alabama. So I think the answers are probably pretty easy. Mississippi, Alabama, and Tennessee University. That would be pretty simple. I would think Vanderbilt would be the easiest answer there. Here we go. Kenneth Collins checking in again. Who would win head-to-head, 2019 LSU or 2020 Alabama? Uh, I think 2019 LSU was one of the best college football teams of the last 25 years. Uh, They really just kind of destroyed everyone, including Clemson in that championship game. Still one of the best offenses I've ever seen uh, in person. I would put that offense up with Cam Newton in 2010. Cam Newton, I still think, might be the greatest college athlete I've ever seen play football in person. That offense, particularly that was kind of like the early days of the spread and the tempo and all kinds of pre-snap motion. Uh, That one was just like, how in the world uh, are you ever going to stop this? Uh, LSU's had a – that was one of the first ones in a while, maybe since that Cam Newton offense that had a similar vibe where it's like, holy hell, like how in the world are you supposed to get stops against this? But Joe Burrow, I think, had like nearly a 70% completion rate for the year. He may have topped 70. I don't know that off the top of my head. But I would put LSU 2019 up against 2020 Alabama, and I would take LSU. Honest to God, if that spread was 10 points, I still think I would take LSU. I think I would take LSU minus 10 against 2020 Alabama. So that's 2019 LSU against 2020 Alabama. I think I would take LSU by 10 points. Let's see. Rebel fan – oh, no, this is Kenneth Collins still checking in. Rebel fan 68. I'd probably bump that number up uh, one there on your handle, pal. Let's see. If you were running a football team, would you rather have average coaching and superior talent or average talent and superior coaching? Uh, this is easy. In college football, talent trumps about everything. You, these programs run themselves. Ed Orgeron, who barely speaks English, won a national title. Talent trumps everything in this sport so this is an easy answer superior talent like unless you have an absolute moron and a maniac uh you know like 2007 ed orgeron because my god he let houston nut win 10 games the next year uh yeah was that nine and four maybe it was nine and four i can't remember but you get my point so you have to be really 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 dumb to screw up superior talent particularly in a sport like college football where the talent is hoarded by you know a select number of schools and you know the rest kind of just uh, I guess, get the scraps in terms of uh, the top talent in the country each year in a given recruiting class. So that's an easy answer for me, superior talent. Let's see. Mike Dabbs checking in here. Are there any roster spots left in baseball? If so, are they looking to add more transfer pitchers? So I'm never going to like bullshit you guys on what I do and don't know. I don't really know what they're – like in terms of like set roster spots, it's not like hoops to where – what I think the travel roster is like 35. Maybe it's shorter than that. I can't remember for game days and like who you can dress out and who you can't. But in terms of like having dudes in the program, you can pretty much have whoever you want. So I don't think, so yes, I guess there are, there will always be quote unquote roster spots left. It's just trimming it down to that number that I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm sure if you pester Chase on the message board, he will know. It's trimming it down to that number as the season goes along. Uh, Mike Bianco, for all of his flaws, is actually pretty good in this regard 
he doesn't – so like Arkansas and some of these other schools, Georgia, will bring in 50 to 55 kids for fall ball and then cut them and cut it down to 35 or whatever the number is. And those kids, right, like, you know, before the season after their first semester of college are just kind of screwed and they're looking for a place to go play baseball. Mike doesn't really do that. He doesn't really, like, cut his roster after fall ball. But I guess my point in saying that would be you can have as many dudes as you want from what I understand it. You just can't have them all on the team comes uh, the time of the season. And then, obviously, for the travel roster, you have to cut it down even more. And there's a certain amount you can dress for home games. I just don't know those numbers off the top of my head. So, yes, there are more roster spots. And I would think they're always looking in the transfer portal to add more pitching, particularly heading into a 2022 season where they are presumably going to be kind of shorthanded on pitching. They should – you know, the 2022 team is going to be one of the more interesting ones of Mike Bianco's tenure at Ole Miss for a number of different reasons. One, the immense amount of pressure to make it to the College World Series in terms of his job security. Uh, two, they could have the best offense in the country and potentially have the worst bullpen in the SEC. Maybe not the worst. That's a little extreme. But they could have a very, very average to pedestrian bullpen and a really, really good offense. So that's going to be fascinating. They added Jack Washburn, the Oregon State kid. I think he's going to compete for a rotation spot. Actually, I don't think. I think he will – I know he will definitely in the, be in the running for one of those rotation spots behind Derek Diamond. So, yes, I do think they will continue to look to add pitching, and I think they would do well to add one more pitcher. So, I think that is what they're looking for. Caleb Saylor's checking in. Dan Campbell or Joe Judge get into a fist fight. Who wins? Uh, I don't know the measurables on Joe Judge. Uh, I'd like to see some bench press and squat numbers, maybe a little bit of a, a punch reach. But I'm taking Dan Campbell because I, honest to God, if you put Dan Campbell in the ring with like a real lion, I think he would fight him. I don't know if any of y'all saw that viral clip from uh, a couple of days ago where Dan Campbell says, I think he said he starts off with two 40-ounce Starbucks coffees with an espresso shot. Espresso shot. Uh, on top of both of them, I'm pretty sure that man's sucking down 80 ounces of coffee with espresso in him uh, to start his day. That's a different breed of citizen. So I'm going to go Dan Campbell wins in a fistfight all day long. Uh, I would probably take Dan Campbell up against anyone in the NFL. That guy just looks like he wouldn't stop until you were dead. So I would probably take him. Mad Mississippi checking in here. Most anticipated game of the season and any chance – for Ole Miss to potentially host college game day one weekend. Uh, I think I gave a smart-ass answer on this on Twitter last night about uh, they should see what Jay, when the J.A. prep game is and if uh, you know college game day could make it a twofer. But actually, the real answer, I think looking down at Ole Miss's football schedule, it prob- in terms of Ole Miss hosting college game day, I guess the best answer would be LSU. If LSU is any good, and I don't know what LSU is going to be like in mid-October. I know Miles Brennan's having surgery. I don't know when and if he'll be back by then. Uh, I think he's actually missing the season. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm about to actually double-check that real quick. Yeah, Miles Brennan broke his non-throwing arm. And from what I read in the ad, there's an advertiser article I have up. It says that it – Initial conversations, they said three months before it's fully healed and he can take a hit. So that seems incredibly unlikely that he would be back by then. Point being, I don't know what LSU is going to be in, on October 23rd. Hell, I don't know if Ed Orgeron is still going to be the head coach at that point. I know that sounds crazy, but I, I wouldn't put it past LSU at this point. But if Ole Miss gets through that part of the schedule, say they win that road game at Tennessee the week before, assuming they take care of business against 
Arkansas, obviously they're going to lose the Alabama game. If Ole Miss is five and one or whatever that is heading into that late October game against LSU, I guess that would be their best chance to host college game day. I don't think Ole Miss is hosting college game day this year. I just don't see that happening. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being too pessimistic. I don't know. Um, A&M in late November, uh, you know, if Ole Miss really, really, really has a great start to the year and kind of runs the table other than Alabama up to that point, uh, you know, Ole Miss could be what? That's eight and one at that point, which would be kind of crazy. That's another option. So I would say that's the best two. Most anticipated game of the year. I think it's going to be Ole Miss 3-0 and going to Alabama. I don't think Ole Miss has the talent defensively to actually stay in that game. Uh, but that's probably going to be one of the more anticipated early season games because assuming Ole Miss beats uh, Louisville to open the year, which I think they will, Ole Miss will be 3-0 and coming off a bye week heading into Tuscaloosa. And so I think that has potential to be the most anticipated game of the season, despite no one – like, no one rational is probably giving Ole Miss much of a chance in that game, but that's probably going to be the most anticipated one. But at the same time, you never know with these things. Like, every time we try to go through preseason and, you know, chalk up the wins and losses on paper, there's always a team that's going to be a hell of a lot worse than you think they were preseason, and there's always going to be a team that's much better than you think. And so you just never know. Um if I really wanted to be an asshole, I could say college game day might come on November 6th when Hugh Freeze makes his triumphant return. Saw a couple of the SIDs out. I was at a wedding in Oxford last weekend. I saw a couple of the SIDs out having a beer on the square. And, uh, yes, I did inquire about the Hugh Freeze tribute video. Uh, I didn't get a straight answer on that. So we'll have to wait and see what the tribute video for uh, Pastor Hugh will look like. Uh, maybe, maybe they'll just troll him with, like, a Mons Venus ad uh, after the third quarter or something like that. But anyway – uh, I would say that's probably Ole Miss's shot to host game day. And uh, I'm going to win with Alabama for the most anticipated game of the season. Let's see. Keeping it moving here. What land animal would you ride if it was your only source of transportation? I guess cheetah. I'm a small guy. I know cheetahs aren't that big. So you could probably make that work. Not sure how feasible that is, but uh, I'm going to think I want something with the most speed. So I'm probably going cheetah on that one. Uh, I guess line would be a close second because uh, those things are pretty fast. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've done a horse. Like I don't, I, that, is, that wasn't really doing it for me. So I'm probably going lion or cheetah. Let's see. What's more likely corral is a Heisman finalist or defense ranks in the top 50 nat nationally. Ooh, I'm going to go corral as a Heisman finalist because if you look at Matt Corral's numbers last year, and I know you, you can't do this. And I, I hate this is like one of my least favorite ways people formulate sports arguments where if you say, well, if you just take out this and this, but I'm about to do it and be hypocritical. If you take out two games last year, Matt Corral's at what, like 20, let's see, 29 turnovers, excuse me, 29 touchdowns and three interceptions. And, yes, of course, the Arkansas game happened. The LSU game happened. The OSU game I can excuse a little bit more just because uh, Ole Miss was playing uh, shorthanded. The offensive line was having a tough time blocking LSU. And Corral was just at that point trying to make shit happen, for the lack of a better phrase. The Arkansas put his brain in a pretzel with that soft zone coverage, and that's probably the more inexcusable game. But I, you get my point. Like, you take – you know, 11 of his 14 interceptions came in two games. So, if you can remotely quell that, hell, cut it in half. Can you give three and two interceptions – 
uh, you're talking about an entirely different outlook on the year. So that would put him – those are the kind of numbers that would put him as a Heisman finalist, particularly in a normal 12-game season where he's going to get the – to beat the hell out of Austin P. Tulane, a couple of other schools. I just – I don't know if Ole Miss has the I, – I, I actually am fairly confident Ole Miss has, does not have the talent to be a top 50 defense. If you want a reference point, the oh, last time Ole Miss looked remotely competent defensively was – Parts of 2019, uh, as Weldon Rodenberg and I talked about uh, in yesterday's podcast uh, in our fall camp preview, which I would encourage you to go listen to. Weldon offered a lot of really good insight on a number of different areas as it pertains to Ole Miss football. Mike McIntyre deserves some sort of medal of freedom, courage, I don't know, whatever kind of plaque you want to give him for what he did for that 2019 defense. You know, for a guy that's known that to, to do a lot with a little, yeah, there we go, making sure I had the phrase right. Uh, you know, we won at San Jose State. That's one of the worst college football programs, maybe the worst college football program uh, in the country. He was asked to do a lot with a little, and he did absolutely that. That's the last time they looked competent. I think that defense, without looking it up, finished in the mid-70s in terms of total defense. So if Ole Miss can get that this year, I think they got a chance to be pretty good. They just need a base level of competency. So I don't think Ole Miss has the talent defensively yet. Uh, and really more so depth. I think on the front end, I guess they could be uh, talented enough to be a top 50 defense. And I'm talking like 48, 49. But I don't think they have the depth to do it yet. So I would put Corral as a Heisman candidate to be much more likely. Because like I mentioned, if Ole Miss has the 65th best defense or the 70th best defense, uh, they got a chance to be really good. They just can't be 118th like they've been for most of the last half decade or somewhere around there. So I would put Corral's chances of winning the Heisman at much greater than the defense being a top 50 defense. So I think I feel pretty confident in that answer. Let's see. What else we got? Keeping it moving on this Friday. A lot more uh, football and, like, uh, non-off-the-wall questions this year. I will get to the off-the-wall questions. Trust me. I know they're there. But I uh, appreciate the contribution. Let's see. Here we go. Um. Brian Haydad checking in. I got a question. Why don't you kiss my ass? Well, that's rude. Haydad knows why. Here we go. Keep it moving it along. What's your least and most favorite Olympic sport? I answered a similar question to this a couple weeks ago. The Olympics, like, I'm not an Olympic hater. I just don't have that like, sports appetite to plan my day around watching the Olympics. If I don't have anything to do, like, and it's on, I'll watch it. Like, I don't dislike the Olympics by any means. I just... I don't know. I just it, I don't get like excited about the Olympics. Uh, least favorite water polo. I watched that the other day. That didn't really do it for me. I, it just seemed like very much the same thing. You swim down, you throw the ball as hard as you can at the goalie. Most of the time, you score. Then the other team swims down, throws it as hard as they can at the goalie. Seems like they score pretty often. I don't understand water polo. I'm sure there's more to it. I just don't get the intricacies of it. So I didn't enjoy that one. Uh, I think the diving school. Seeing those dudes like flip. Uh, after they're jumping off what appears to be like a two, three-story building, maybe even taller than that, and then making like a tiny splash in the water. That seems pretty cool. So I'm going to go diving as most favorite and uh, water polo as the least favorite. So there we have it. Best shot at the library. Ah. Uh. I don't, I'm not a big shot guy. That, that, that's, talk about a way, particularly when you when – you, when you kind of just cross your drinking prime, which I would put around age 20-ish, right when you turn 21, I guess, is when you're peaking. 
when you start hitting the downside of that, you get to like 25 and you three, four fireball shots deep or some shit. That's a great way to ruin your next day and potentially uh, feel a little froggy and weird the two days later. Wait till you start getting the two day hangovers. It's rough. So I'm not a huge shot guy. Uh, the other weekend though, uh, last weekend, they were like closing it down and I was trying to like sneak another beer in before they were like, uh, were winding down. And the guy like looked at me and was like, sorry, only can serve shots. I don't know if he was screwing with me or what. I was like, uh, okay. And then just handed me three Jaeger bombs of which I took a couple and then handed one out. Uh, but that was, I guess I, that'd be my answer. Jaeger. I don't know. I'm not a huge shot guy. So I'll go Jaeger out of that little Jaeger machine they have. Uh, that was not great uh, the next morning, but whatever. So there's my answer there. That was probably a terrible answer. Let's see. If you were chancellor of the University of Mississippi for three years, what would you change? Uh, this was another one I had kind of a snark answer to on the internet. I would say I would pay myself 100K instead of 85K for hiring myself because, uh, you know, it's not like there's a history of old Miss chancellors hiring themselves or anything like that. But serious answer, what would I change? I would find a way to make it make uh, grilling in the grove legal. I, I get that, you know, uh, booze, open flames, and trees is probably not the greatest combination. Uh, you know, a couple thousand folks, uh, very drunk, uh, open flame. I get how that could potentially become a hairy situation. But like, I would probably find a way to get, like, allow people to grill in the grove. I think that would just kind of be a game changer. Uh, my family's like tailgate tent is kind of found. Well, actually, I'm not going to spoil the secret. Never mind. I don't know. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. But point being, I think grilling in the Grove would be a big one. Uh, I would immediately suspend anyone from school that posts a Snapchat of Trash Can Friday. We get it. Uh, so that's two. Let's see. I would change the parking deal. Is there any way you could like work off parking tickets with community service or or something other than just them racking up on your bursar. What a, is there a bigger scam or ratchet on earth than parking systems on colleges? I'm assuming it's similar at most major colleges, but there might not be a bigger scam on earth than the old Miss, uh, old Miss parking system. It's absolutely ridiculous. Someone showed me, I don't want to butcher the numbers. Someone showed me how much parking tickets factor into old Miss's budget as a school. And it was, I'll just leave it at this. It was a staggering number. I was literally dumb. I, I was very much dumbfounded. I almost used the word literally in a terrible sense. That's another one of my pet peeps. But uh, I was dumbfounded by that. So I would change up the parking. I would allow kids to like work it off with community service or, or something. I don't know. Some, give back to the campus instead of just like, here's another hundred bucks because you parked in the you know, central zone instead of west. Shout out Stockard. Flashback there. But, like, that'd probably be a big one. Outside of that, I don't really know. I don't have any, like, widespread complaints of Ole Miss. Uh, I, would, I don't know if this is the necessary chancellor's thing, but the fact that some people can't get into classes they need was always just bonkers to me. Like, you know, I can't remember what it was based off of, but you had a merit order of picking classes. Like, athletes got to go first. Honors college kids got the first pick of classes. And then depending on where you ranked in the, the, the class pecking order – a lot of times you couldn't get into classes you need, which seems to defeat the purpose of higher education. Call me crazy on that one, but I would make sure that everyone is able to get into the classes that they need. So, uh, yeah, that's my pitch for Chancellor. So, 
uh, Chancellor Rippey, 2050. I don't know if there's an age limit, but uh, I would let, I feel like to be a Chancellor, you need a little bit of gray in the hair. And uh, I look too young to be the Chancellor right now. So anyway, yeah. So 2050, I'll hire myself and uh, give myself a nice little signing bonus. Let's see. Someone answered to answer that question that said, press charges against Ross Bjork and Jeff Vitter for malpractice. Props to you, man. That's a great answer. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. Ole Miss, world's greatest basketball team or world's most flawless basketball team? Most flawless. Why not? Let's see. Better name for your podcast. Rippy Rambles. You can, you can make the royalty checks out to me later. Yeah, so I'm going to put that on the message board eventually. Uh, people don't like the Rippy Writes podcast name because you don't write on a podcast. Uh, shot, uh, spoiler alert. Uh, my, the Rippy Rights logo is a right hand. I'm left-handed. Never been accused of being smart. So I don't know, man. Didn't put a bunch of deep thought into it, but I would take your suggestion in mind. Probably have a naming contest on the message board. Let's see. We got a ton of answers to the, uh, to the if you were chancellor at the University of Mississippi, what would you change? Ton of feedback on that one. I'll just read through a couple of them. Tear down the tad pad and make it the grove by the tad pad. That's actually not a bad, uh, that would actually be a nice little area to tailgate because it's closer to the stadium. You can see the stadium in the background. I don't hate that. Uh, I would contend that uh, they should make it parking because they keep taking away parking, which may be just as part of the scam instead of adding it. So I would, I would make it parking, but I don't, hate the, uh, I don't hate the Grove by the Tad Pad idea. Pizza every Friday and an extra 30 minutes of resets. <laughs> sure, whatever, man. Uh, here we go. Abolish, this is a more serious one. Abolish tenure. Fire about half the non-teaching personnel. This guy, he's Chancellor. Old Miss Rebel 83, he's just coming in and cracking skulls from day one. Freeze enrollment at current level. Make it clear that Ole Miss and Rebels aren't going anywhere. Okay, man, this guy's clear. So the mind of the South is this man's Twitter name. So if you're, if you're behind what this guy's selling, elect him Chancellor. Hire him. I guess you can't elect a Chancellor. But this guy's coming in here and cracking skulls from day one. I love it. He's not screwing around. So uh, let's see. We had a couple of quote tweets on this too. Here we go. Um, hire an architect to establish a plan – to tie the vault into something that resembles a cohesive venue. I, I couldn't, I had no qualms there. I agree with you on that one. It does look like a hodgepodge of just random renovations. Uh, we had another new football stadium submission, turn the tad pad into an amphitheater. That would actually be kind of cool. What if you just cut the roof off the tad pad and turned it into a halfway, halfway uh, enclosed amphitheater? It's a depressing place. You don't need a roof on that thing. The roof didn't work anyway. There were leaks in the ceiling. So I could get behind that. Let's see. Someone just quote tweeted and said, can't imagine the replies to this by tomorrow morning. Yeah, buddy, they're as entertaining as you think. Make a handful of roads accessible, at least outside the hours of 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Sure. Let's see. A lot of tad pad responses in this. Yeah, a lot of tad pad responses. I'll just leave it at that. But a uh, great question. That probably, that might be a record for the most feedback we've gotten on a single mailback Friday question. So uh, props to you. And you followed it up with not so great one. Can a homeless person be placed under house arrest? I don't know. It's too early to be putting my brain in a pretzel. What sporting events of the past five to 10 years do you think they will make a 30 for 30 about or they should? Um, how about the hostage style? This isn't even a sporting event, but it should be counted as a sporting event. How about the uh, hostage style press conference? I believe that was February of 2016, where it is Hugh Freeze, who was, did not make it to the next football season, Chancellor Gumballs and Bjork, all wearing blue blazers and a uh, very much please elect me tie, 
uh, you know what I'm getting at. Uh, just absolutely just making a cringeworthy video. I think they should make a 30 for 30 about that in, in its own right. I know that's not a sporting event. Um, 2014 Alabama would probably be the more serious answer just because that was a day I don't think many old Miss fans will ever forget. They'll remember where they were. Just kind of a crazy day in general. Um, I, off the wall answer would be that time I was in Baton Rouge that day that LSU hit four home runs with two outs to tie the game off Caracy in the bottom of the ninth inning. I've never seen that before. Not sure I will ever see it since. But uh, not sure how much a niche regular season college baseball game would uh, – not sure how that would sell for 30 for 30, but uh, that would be a decent answer. Yeah, I'm going to go 2014 Ole Miss, maybe 2015 Ole Miss. Or how about just a 30 for 30 on the entire Hugh Freeze tenure at Ole Miss? That would probably be, be the best answer. So that's the one I'm going with. Let's see. Want to know more about Matt Corral, comma, Heisman? Sure. I think Matt Corral has, has a chance to put up numbers that would put get him in the conversation to get him to New York. I don't think that's far-fetched at all. As far as winning it, who the hell knows? Is Ole Miss going to be good enough? I don't know. Um, I doubt Corral actually ends up winning the Heisman, but uh, he could put up numbers that gets him in the conversation as, to an invite to New York. Let's see. If you keep replacing old parts of your car with new parts, does it make your car new or old? I guess new, old, I don't know. I mean, it's still the same model car, so I guess it's still an old car. But new parts, I guess it's an old car with a astronomically high uh, resale value. I don't know. I'm not a car guy. I, I have a car guy. I'm not a car guy myself, so I, I'm not an expert on this one. Why does a round pizza come in a square box? Isn't that like putting a round peg into a square hole? Whoa. Fair enough, man. No arguments there. There's a lot of things in this life I don't understand. That would be one of them. So can't argue with that one. But uh, I don't know. Pete, square pizza? Like, square pizza tastes pretty good, too. I'm not talking about the drunk square pizza by the library. I'm talking about literal square-shaped pizza that you get at some places. That's always pretty solid. So I don't know. I like both pizzas. I, I'm not uh, – I am not, uh, I do not discriminate on the shape of pizzas. We are open to any and all types of pizzas on this podcast. Uh, LB's Greg checking in. Have you played Tupelo Country Club? It's nice. It is nice. Don't have a whole lot to add there, Greg. I appreciate your contributions. We'll have you back on soon. Let's see. Also, what do you think merits disappointment after this season? The hype around this team seems to be huge, which is understandable with an exciting Kiffin offense and corral. But until we prove we are capable of not capable to not perform and we are Ole Miss fashion, shouldn't we pump the brakes a bit? Um, I don't know, man. Like that's not really like a like a tangible argument. Ole Miss is going to be electric offensively. They have they might have the best offense in the SEC if they can, depending on what they have at receiver uh, and what kind of Drummond turns into. Can Braywin Sanders stay healthy? I'd like to see what Plumlee is as a slot guy. There's more time to get into all that later. They were going to be an explosive offense, and if they can just, like I mentioned earlier, get a base level of competency, they should be pretty good. What merits disappointment? I think six and six would merit disappointment. I think there's a world where you could have a very disappointing seven and five season, depending on what it looks like. Like the record in and of itself for Lane Kiffin in year two, it would be very weird and probably unwise to call seven and five a disappointment. But I think you could arrive at seven and five in a disappointing manner, depending on who you beat and who you don't beat, if that makes any sense at all. So uh, I don't really buy into the whole we are Ole Miss thing. Um, I, I think that's more of just like a fan narrative of just waiting to be disappointed. I get it. I get it. That's part of being a fan. Like it's irrational, but there's also like in your mind, like a, 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 like a logical way to back that up. 
But I don't really buy into that. I think Ole Miss has a chance to be pretty good if they can be confident defensively. So I, I don't know about pumping the brakes. I think the hype around the offense is warranted. Ole Miss scored 50-something points or 48 points, whatever it was, against Alabama's defense last year. They scored on just about anyone they wanted to at will. I, I, I don't see any reason to pump the brakes in that regard. It's just a matter if they can be better defensively. And I think there's reason to believe they can. But I, if, you, if you want to do the pump the brakes – Look, look no further than the defense. I would like to see it in action first. I'd like to see the, the secondary be better. I'd like to see Ole Miss generate a consistent pass rush before I'm ready to crown them as a nine-win team or something like that. So I can get behind you in that regard. But as far as pump the brakes, I think there's going to be as good an advertised offensively. And you got a good offense in modern college football. you got a chance. Let's see. If Ole Miss is 3-0 when they head to Tuscaloosa for a primetime game with college game day crew on site, book it. Oh, this is just a prediction. This wasn't a question. Yeah, sure. I, I haven't looked at the schedule of what the games are that week, but early October, Ole Miss 3-0, coming off a bye, Alabama presumably undefeated. Sure, I could see that. That, that doesn't seem unrealistic at all. I, I could certainly get behind that. Let's see. We got a follow-up to Greg's uh, question. Mailbag question. How did Greg get to play at Tupelo Country Club and – did you sink one on hole three? This sounds like a group of dudes that played Tupelo Country Club together. Uh, so congrats to you. I like Tupelo Country Club. One of the most underrated courses in the state of Mississippi. It is a That would be a great course to grow up playing golf on. It's challenging. It's fair. The greens roll well. They have a decent practice facility. I think it's gotten even better since the last time I was there, if I'm not mistaken. That's a great golf course all around. I'm a big fan of Tupelo Country Club. Shout out Hayden Buckley. Let's see. Keeping it moving along here. want to make sure I don't miss anyone's questions. I think I've got through most of the Twitter ones, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see. Yeah, I think I got through most all of them. So we got a couple more to get to. Got a couple text questions on here. Let's see. All right, we have a Facebook submission in the mix this week, which uh, we haven't had in quite a while. Uh, I haven't had a Facebook submission for Mailbag Friday since I quit radio. Obviously, radio a little bit older audience, but kind of nice to get some content out of Facebook that's not uh, anti-vax rhetoric or, uh, you know, while the election's still disputed or something like that. I love those 1,200-word posts uh, from guy you maybe went to high school with. You're not possibly – you're not entirely sure who he is, but that 1,500-word uh, – guitarist uh, stroke that he just banged out. Gosh, damn it. He knows something that no one else knows. Like I always wonder what the target audience for that is. Like who, who is this for your 1500 word post about how the country's going to shit or how China's ruining everything. I like, who is that for? Who is the target audience of this? But anyway, I'm not going on that rant today. Thank you to Garrett Ward for submitting these uh, via Facebook. What gambling app platform do y'all use? Well, I would have to recommend Skybox Sports Picks. Uh, who is Skybox Sports Picks? Well, you've already heard that. I'm not going to say go to another ad read. Um, app platform, just really any uh, like site. You know, all those offshore sites are the same. I don't like. I know. I don't think Greg uses a uh, above ground book. If I'm maybe I have that wrong. Maybe he does. I'd have to ask him. But uh, I don't think he uses anything above ground. Just your typical offshore site. But uh, go to Skybox. Check out their picks because the, uh, the man will pay you. You don't have to pay the man. Second one he had, how much money do we need to put on Corral for Heisman? I'm not super confident in him getting it, but the odds seem good value. A friend of mine put 100 bucks on Joe Burrow this time 
before his historic run and turned it into $10,000. Holy shit. That's a, that's quite the cash out. Um, I don't know. I'd say throw a hundred bucks on him. It, it depends on what you're comfortable with. I needed to look up his actual Heisman odds. At, I have sports betting dime up. I don't know what this is. Appears to be legit. They got a cool logo, some scores up at the top. So we'll go with that. He's at plus 3,500. So he's not in like the top group, I would say, of like the top five. But at 3,500, he's like, I guess that's this is ninth or tenth best odds. So yeah, certainly worth it. I mean, look, if Ole Miss is going to reach their ceiling as a football team this year in terms of meeting expectations and kind of you know, getting maybe into that eight win and flirting with that nine win threshold, uh, Corral's going to have to put up serious, serious numbers. And this whole Heisman thing is turned into a mostly a quarterback award, which I, it's ironic to say in a year after the, a receiver just won it for the first time in however many years it's been, but it's basically turned into what quarterback puts up the most ridiculous stats award. But it's worth your, it's certainly worth the, uh, Worth the bet at plus thirty five hundred. So I'd say throw anywhere between a hundred and two hundred bucks on it. Just kind of see what happens. Like you're gonna spend a hundred bucks worse in some way throughout this football season. I can promise you that. And I mean, my God, Spencer Rattler was not good for parts of last year, and he's somehow the odds-on favorite. Like DJ Ugalele or whatever the kid's name at Clemson is hasn't taken a snap. Bryce Young's third hasn't taken a snap. JT Daniels like. Are we sure he didn't peak in high school? And then Sam Howell at North Carolina, he's a pretty good player, four, plus 1,400. But are they going to win enough for it to matter? C.J. Stroud, quarterback at Ohio State. Ohio State didn't even know who their quarterback is. Like, the only person who's taking snaps for their current teams in front of Corral are Derek King and Keaton Slovis at Miami and USC, respectively. So Corral feels very, very low to me at 3,500. I don't know if some other books might have it at something else. Like It's worth a shot. The fact that he has – longer odds to win the Heisman than Spencer Rattler and JT Daniels is just bonkers to me. How is JT Daniels going to throw the football enough to register Heisman odds? There's no way this site is right. I'm going to have to go to another one. There, there's just no way. That, that seems ridiculous to me. Let's see. No, it's right. I mean, it's about – seems about the same. Yeah, he's 3,500. Like, that seems absurd to me. I would definitely throw money on that. That Corral should have no – Corral should have no worse than the fifth, fifth best odds, fifth worst odds, however you want to frame it, to win the Heisman. Some of these people in front of him is just ridiculous. Call me a homer if you will. I don't, I don't give a shit. My track record is pretty good on that one. That, that seems dumb. Particularly, they're, the guy at Ohio State who's on this odds list, they don't know who – he hasn't even won the starting job yet. That, that seems absurd to me. Anyway, whatever. Throw 100, 200 bucks on it. Godspeed. Good luck to you, man. Last one Garrett Ward had from Facebook is – why is the government planning a chip in me? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what is it? The real one is what do you role do you see for Kemp Alderman next year? I don't know. Heard the kid throws pretty hard. They're going to need him at pitcher, then they won't need him to hit. To be honest, so I think there's a role where he, he ends up being the designated hitter. I think that's certainly possible. But Jesus, the kid strikes out a lot. Wasn't necessarily seeing the ball great. Like, I don't know what his prospects are as a pitcher. You heard stuff from last fall and you heard stuff from, you know, before he got the old miss about him pitching. Like, his services would be needed on the mound a lot more urgently than they will be offensively. Like Ole Miss had probably returns the best offense in college baseball. It's certainly a top three. Uh, they just don't have enough dudes that can get out. So can he, maybe he could two way it. Can you be a bullpen arm and be a DH? 
you can. It just I'd, I'd like to see him do it first. So um, is there kind of a weird role for him on the mountain next year? I don't know. I'll plant the seed out there. I'm not, I'm not firmly squatting on that take and cocking my gun and firing on it, but it, it seems certainly plausible at that point. So anyway, appreciate the contributions there. Let's see. We had a text submission from uh, Michael Portner, new listener. Uh, honestly, my best friend from college took him three years to get him on the podcast, but we're glad he's here. We're glad he's here. We're not going to shame him for that, but he had a couple of solid submissions. Here we go. Choose as you see fit. Well, we read all questions on here, no matter how long it takes. What's your biggest hot take on the NFL season can absolutely be as absolutely absurd as you wish. Elijah Moore wins rookie of the year. I don't know. That, that, talk about something that turned into a quarterback award. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'd have to think about this a little bit more. I was going to do something on the Titans, but with Carson Wentz being out and no other team in the division seemingly trying to win, uh, it seems like the Titans division to lose. Although it would be the most Tennessee Titans thing ever to have Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars who are a year removed from basically glorified tanking win that division. So that might be my hot take. Jags, AFC South champions. No. Um, Jameis Winston wins the NFC South to the New Orleans Saints. How about that hot take? I don't even – I'm not a Saints fan. I don't even like the Saints that much. But Jameis Winston – Threw for 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns in 2019. The only problem is he threw 30 interceptions, which 16 games, that's not great math. But I feel like if, if Sean Payton can rein him in at all and he could cut that into 15, if he's a 30 and 15 guy, you're telling me the Saints can't win the NFC South with, you know, Atlanta, whatever version they are. I kind of like the Arthur Smith hire. Uh, maybe I'm a little biased him coming from the Titans. Uh, I don't really love the Panthers, but I'd like to see the Sam Darnold thing in action. And then, uh, obviously, Brady and the Bucks probably going to be pretty good because Brady will be good till he's 50. But is there a world where Jameis Winston wins the NFC South? That would be, a, uh, that would be another hot take of mine. Let's see. The last one I would have in terms of just a scorching take would be that the Washington Redskins win the NFC East with Ryan Fitzpatrick. They might have the most competent oh, – I shouldn't say that. Dak's the best quarterback in that division. But the Eagles are kind of a mess – Daniel Jones seems to be a better runner than a thrower, which is just kind of wild considering he plays quarterback. And um, you never know with the Cowboys. They just seem like a disjointed mess most of the time. So Ryan Fitzpatrick winning the division with the Washington almost professional football team, who knows? So those are my hot takes there on that one. I might have to revisit that one as the NFL season gets closer um, as we go. Here we go. Most important game on Ole Miss's schedule, don't say the next one. Uh, I, I wasn't going to give you the coach's cliche on that one. I'd say the most important game on Ole Miss's schedule, on paper, right now, I'm going to go October 16th at Tennessee, and I'll tell you why. So there's a chance that Ole Miss goes to Tuscaloosa on October 2nd, 3-0, and I'd say there's a better than a chance. I'd say it's probable. I think they take care of business against Louisville, and then, of course, they're going to kick the shit out of Austin P and Tulane. So you lose that game, and then you probably rebound with a win the next week at home against Arkansas. So you're 4-1. and one. There's a world game at Tennessee the next week, October 16th, which to me has trap written all over it. And I hate the term trap game because it's completely – and totally a cliche that's not only been overused, but just grossly misused. But what is Tennessee at that point? First-year head coach, Josh Heupel, who I think is probably a pretty decent football coach, a significant roster overhaul. 
that feels like a game where Ole Miss would be vulnerable enough, particularly with what they are probably going to be defensively, even if they're marginally better, that Tennessee could stick around and kind of find a way to make that game weird and win it. If you win that game at Knoxville, you're 5-1 and one with LSU and Auburn down the pipe and Liberty after that. And I don't really know what to make of Auburn, particularly year one under Brian Harson. They've got a little bit more of the quarterback thing settled than Tennessee does. But is Ed Orgeron, as I kind of mentioned earlier in the podcast, is he even the head coach at LSU by October 23rd? Miles Brennan broke his arm. Like, who the hell knows? So you win that one, you're 6-1. and one. All of a sudden, you're a road win at Auburn away from probably being 8-1. and one. I'd please say, be fair me, the Hugh Freeze is going to come into Oxford and win on November 6th. Takes, I, I just don't want to hear that. Um, yes, it could get weird. They could score a bunch of points, but they're not going to go into Oxford and win. So if you win that game at Tennessee, you've got a pretty, pretty solid shot at starting the season 8-1. and one. I don't know that that happens. I don't know if they win the game at Tennessee, but it's, it's certainly plausible and at that point, you're having, like, really, really serious conversations about what this looks like from an access bowl standpoint. And who knows how weird the season gets. So if you can find a way to not piss down their leg is, is a strong term because I don't know what Tennessee is going to be. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, like, there's always a team that's much better than you thought they were going to be in the preseason. There's always a couple of teams that are much worse than you thought. So I don't know what Tennessee will be at that point. But if you can survive that game in Knoxville, there's a real path to eight and one, which seems insane, but it's actually pretty plausible. So for that reason, I will go road game at Tennessee on October 16th as the most important game on Ole Miss's schedule. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe it sounds dumb as hell come, you know, mid-October, but there's no way to tell right now. So that would actually be the one I would point to at that time. Because if you win that game, and assuming you do what you're supposed to do prior to that, uh, that sets up for a Halloween to early November stretch where Ole Miss could make some serious noise. So that's probably my answer to that one. What ML, uh, I think you meant NBA team. I'm guessing NBA team. Pulled off the best free agency. I kind of like what Chicago did. I didn't really love the DeMar DeRozan deal, uh, paying him almost – I think they're about to pay him like almost $30, $25 million when he's age 35. But you add Lonzo Ball – and then you had DeMar DeRozan. Like, they just kind of went for it. They're probably not winning a title, but they certainly got better. I liked what the Bulls did. Um, I don't understand what the Lakers are doing. Uh, they, everyone on their roster seems to be 35 and up, but is it going to end up mattering when LeBron and AD, assuming they both stay healthy? I like that. I kind of like what Miami did, adding Kyle Lowry. Uh, it's a ton of money for a guy that's aging quickly, and then you sign Jimmy Butler to the max, where I think a 36-year-old Jimmy Butler is going to make $51 million in four years or three years, whenever that is, that seems steep, but they got a ton better. I don't know if that puts them up with uh, Brooklyn and Milwaukee, but they certainly got better. And then a kind of a low key one. I kind of like what Dallas did um, adding Reggie Bullock and Sterling Brown, not any sort of household names that are going to make some serious waves, but they got a couple of ball handlers that can take some, uh, can let Luca play a little bit off the ball more. Like Luca kind of handled pretty much all the the primary ball handling for them, which I don't think is the greatest way to utilize him. So I thought they made some uh, kind of, I guess, sneaky good moves there. And then I think there's a chance that they get Gordon Dragic from Toronto, just a hunch, just a guess. So I like kind of liked what they did there. Don't really understand what the Pelicans did, giving up a first round pick to go uh, sign and trade 
for Devontae Graham, or maybe that was one of those restricted free agent offer sheets deal. I don't understand letting Lonzo Ball go and then adding Devontae Graham. That doesn't seem to make a ton of sense. And then Jonas Valachunas, who came from the Grizzlies, who I think is a pretty good player, but doesn't fit next to Zion at all. That doesn't seem to make any sense. So, I, you know, you, eventually there's going to come one of these guys who, instead of signing the, the second contract max, is just going to say, to hell with this. I'm going to go somewhere else and make that money up later. And Zion Williamson, someone's eventually going to do it. Some people thought it might be Luca. I don't necessarily buy into that. It might be Zion Williamson just because this year incompetency, uh, New Orleans as a franchise. Uh, he's already on his third coach. They've made some bizarre free agency moves. I just don't really get what they're doing. So I didn't really love that. Outside of that, that was, I guess, pretty much it. I'm trying to think if I missed anything. Um, I thought the Knicks gave Derrick Rose a little too much money, but adding Kimball Walker, that kind of make it makes them a little bit feisty. Added a little some offense if he's able to stay healthy. So like what a couple of teams did uh there. But that was pretty much um about it on that one. Honestly, God, the Brooklyn Knicks had had one of the best free agencies uh that no one really was talking about. Go look at their bench. They have like eleven somehow they have the most collection of talent on the top end that they've ever seen on an NBA team. And somehow added one of the better benches in the league. They add, you know, they signed Blake Griffin to the veteran minimum. They add a little bit of depth. Patty Mills, and then you re-sign Bruce Brown and you get James Johnson. Like, they have, like, 11 legitimate NBA players while somehow still being able to pay James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant, who's the best player in the world. So uh, there is a world where you're looking up in, you know, two months at the start of the NBA season and sitting there and you're probably looking at it on paper like, does this shit even matter? They're going to be much better than everyone else. So I like what the Nets did too. Last one we had there was, let's see, making sure I didn't miss anything. Who wins the World Series? Here's your shot to give an early call. Well, I mean, hell, the Dodgers are certainly going for it. Um, there have been a couple of teams that really added a lot. The Yankees, as far back as they were, did it. I'm actually going to go with the Tampa Bay Rays. I kind of like what they did. Um, at the deadline, so I'll go with the Tampa Bay Rays. I'll go a little off-the-wall pick. I think the Red Sox are really good, too. So I'll go Tampa Bay Rays beat the Los Angeles Dodgers in the World Series. How about a rematch? Can we do that again? So anyway, that's my pick for the World Series. Let's see. Oh, we had one more Twitter question that I missed earlier that we'll get to before we get out of here today. We had, let's see. Where was this question? This is great podcasting. Hold on. Oh, nope. I already answered this. We covered this earlier in the show. Never mind. That's our, uh, that was underwhelming. That was, uh, no, no, no. We did have one. Uh, not see now I'm just indecisive and I can't figure out. Uh, we had a scheduling question. Our man here checking in wants to know how will the scheduling work if OU and UT enter the SEC early. Aren't the majority of non-conference games already scheduled to 2030? Plus, for SEC teams, do schools have to buy out of those existing game contracts to make room for UTOU on their schedule if the current 12-game format holds? I hate to do this to you, man. That's a great question. I have no idea, but I promise you they're going to make it work. I can almost guarantee you they'll find a way to make that work and whatever money that they'll have to pay to buy out any games if that's even possible I promise will be made up with the added revenue that UT and OU bring to the league so I won't completely cop out and ditch this question I will ask someone smarter than me that would know that works for 
um, you know, a program or something like that. I'll find out someone who knows because that's a good question. But I uh, honest to God don't know. I can just pretty much guarantee that they will make it work because uh, there's too much money at stake to not make it work. So anyway, I think that's all the questions we had. That is, uh, that's our show. That is Mailback Friday, a little bit later than usual. Um, I had a a uh, little bit of trouble getting the podcast up earlier. So here's your Friday night. Maybe it's Saturday morning. Who the hell knows? Mailbag Friday. We'll be back to a more normal schedule next week as football season is now kind of in full swing. We'll have Reldon back on. I got a couple different things in the works. So I appreciate everyone listening. Uh, like and subscribe to the podcast. Always appreciate the feedback from everyone. So this is Mailbag Friday. We'll be back at it next week and have a good weekend. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.